Wednesday night service. It's great to see you guys. Well, listen, we have a, a guest uh, speaker tonight, and my wife, Pastor Ashley Brooks, is going to be sharing the word. Many of you don't, you've never heard Ashley speak, you don't know who Ashley is, but she was the first greeter at Celebration Church 20 years ago. The very first greeter stood at the door for a lot of years. She did our announcements for years. Pastor Stoll used to call her Vanna White, the Vanna White of ministry. But Ashley is a, uh, the Dean of Women at Providence School. She's been there for over 10 years, and uh, so it's going to be an honor to hear. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. You know, let's give honor to whom honors do when someone brings the word you haven't heard before. Come on up, Ashley. Pastor Stovall is going to be speaking this Sunday. He's back from Israel, and he's going to be starting the Apocalypse series. The Apocalypse is Revelation in Greek. And so it's going to, who's excited about this new series? It's, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Ashley, you ready? Come on, let's, come on, let's all just put our hands together one more time for Pastor Ashley Brooks in the house, preaching the word. All right. Wow, what an introduction. Well, um, well, good evening, family. I want to call you family. Um, I love, love, love these Wednesday night services. I know you do too. Um, it's really become something that all week long, I look forward to coming here on Wednesday night and recharging. And I'm so excited about just the, the idea of we're family. And what an awesome concept uh, to have an extended family in all of you. So um, it's going to be a great night. And, um, and I'm so honored to be able to share with all of you. And I'm really, I'm not calling this a message. I'm calling it a testimony um, because really that's what it is. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited to be able to share with you really my testimony and what God has done in me since February when revival broke out here at our church. And I, I am like you. Um, I'm not on staff here at the church. Um, I'm married to my husband, Chris, uh, but I'm not on staff. And in fact, I was thinking about it. I don't know that I've ever been full-time here. Um, when the kids were little, I did work some part-time jobs and um, here at the church, but I've never been full-time. And uh, so I'm like you, I work at a school and God didn't call me to the church. He called me to the school. I'm a working mom. Um, I get up about 6 a.m. and start my day. And uh, I go to school, I think right now at my home last night, uh, my daughter came in and said, do y'all have any toothpaste? So four of us, two teenagers and two adults are sharing a tube of toothpaste, which is almost gone. Um, we may or may not have milk at our house right now. And if we do, it's questionable whether or not it's expired. So just a little bit about me. Um, if you can relate to that, then you can relate to me and you can relate to this testimony and because uh, that's kind of how I roll. And um, my kids are uh, in a school, they go to Providence School, which is where I work. And um, it's a very challenging school academically. So even though I'm off work at home, I'm usually helping them with their homework and, you know, making dinner and cleaning up and, and you know how it goes. So just very, very busy. But Again, I'm sharing tonight my testimony and what God's done in me and how exciting it's been. And I wanna share with you that the mobilization that I believe we first saw happen inside this building, and I'm gonna share that tonight, um, is now going beyond these walls. And it's, and it's going beyond not only to our generation to adults, but now in my school, I work with youth, my passion is youth, and I work with teenagers, and I'm seeing them step up, and them step out, and so it's just so, so exciting. Amen, you can clap, because I believe that's what it's about. It's about that next generation, and uh, so let's give our hand, put our hands together for that, amen. Um, so, uh, so let's go ahead, and I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna open up in prayer, and then we'll get into tonight's testimony. All right, let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your presence in our lives 
lives. We thank you, Father, that your Holy Spirit is always with us. God, I thank you tonight, Father, for new wine. I thank you tonight, Father, that God, we surrender in that soil, just like we sang, Father, we surrender and we proclaim that tonight. We declare that tonight, that God, we're gonna surrender. And as we do that, Father, you are breaking new ground. Father, Pastor Stovall says that this is not a new season, but it's a new time. And I believe that with all my heart, that this is a new time. You're breaking new ground. You're doing new things on this earth. And Father, we are your vessels. We are the way that new ground and that, that gospel is spread is through us. And so I just thank you for that tonight. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would stir hearts. God, that you would truly revive us. God, that you would give us boldness to go out and make a difference and be mobilized in this city. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Okay, well, at the beginning of the year, um, maybe a lot of you do this, um, but I always, um, on the new year, January 1st, I'll kind of ask God, you know, what is a word for the year? Or what is a scripture for the year? What is it that you're calling me to do? And this year, um, he dropped the idea of pleasing him into my heart. And so I got a journal and I began to copy uh, scriptures about pleasing God. What does the Bible say about pleasing him? And so I really made it my aim this year to please him. And the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. He rewards those who diligently seek him. And I believe that as a body of believers, we've been doing that. I mean, if you see these altars, they're filled. You see people standing in this building, their hands raised. We are diligently seeking him. I believe that. And I wanna tell you tonight that if you come here and maybe you're in a place, you're in a desert place, maybe you're down in that soil, but you feel just kind of dead, kind of stuck in that soil. Like you're in the part of the seeding where you're, you just feel dead because the seed dies first before it sprouts up. And maybe you're in that season, but I wanna tell you, he sees it. He knows that you're diligently seeking him and he wants to stir in you tonight. He wants to stir that seed if that's where you are. And so that was me, okay? I'm, God wants me to share this testimony and I know that this is for some of you. That was me and I'm just gonna be honest. I don't know how to speak without being completely authentic. And so I'm going to be, um, I'm a pastor's wife. I work at a Christian school. Um, I'm a leader at a Christian school. But I really was in kind of a place where I would say I was in the soil and I was comfortable. You know, I'm kind of snug down in there and I got comfortable and I got warm down in that soil. And when something would happen or when someone would come to me and say, will you pray with me? Like I'm going through a hard time or when I would hit a hard time or my kids or my husband, then I knew how to then go on the defense. Okay, that's kind of how I look at it. Like I wasn't living my life on the offense, like always going out and stepping out and, and, and getting up in the morning and saying, okay, God, what's my assignment today? Who is it that you're gonna send my way? Lord, give me discernment today because I wanna be able to discern who needs encouragement, who needs me today. I was just more just kind of comfortable and I was kind of coasting that way for a while. And then revival hit, <laughs> last February hit. And let me tell you what, he stirred me and I am changed and I am revived. I love that word, amen. You can put your hands together for that. I know many of you are. If you're here tonight on Wednesday night, um, probably you are too. But, uh, but, but if not, I want to, to stir you. I want you to be stirred. I don't want you to leave here the same as you came in. And so he is breaking new ground and he is giving us boldness to accomplish the assignment that he has over our lives.
So the Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So when we put our faith in God and we diligently seek Him, we lay down our lives as, as, to, as vessels for Him, then, then His kingdom is going to come and His will is going to be done in our lives and in the overflow of the people around us, the people He surrounded us with, those people who are in our assignment. Um, you may have been here a couple of uh, Wednesday nights ago and um, Brian Schwartz came up and spoke and he talked about alignment, assignment, attack. And um, he's a football coach. He played football um, here in the city. And I love that. That was one of those things that really stuck with me because that's kind of what happened in my life. Like I said, I just was kind of going, you know, going about my day. But when I really got in alignment and I really let God stir up those gifts that are in me, they had just kind of become dormant. But when I let them start to stir up and I began to look for things. Listen, I wanna share this. And some of you can remember this. It's something that's always stuck out with me. I heard someone say this one time. Ministry happens in the interruptions. We have to be willing to be interrupted. You know, I'm very busy. I have a busy job. I have tasks to do. Um, I have lunch duty. Lord, y'all pray for me. We'll do a special altar call. I have to clean up after middle school students, literally like with a mop if they spill something. So that's part of my day. About an hour and a half of my day is lunch duty. And so I have things that I have to do, but I want to, to live my life in a way where I am willing to be interrupted Okay, my agenda is not the most important thing when someone's hurting, when someone that God's assigned me to needs His Word, needs His life, needs His truth. So we need to be willing to be interrupted. So alignment, assignment, attack. When we get aligned and we know what our assignment is, then we wanna attack. We wanna be on the offense. We wanna be looking, right? We're looking around for who God wants us to minister to. Amen? Okay, so it takes being willing, it takes being willing to be obedient. Okay, so I want to look at um, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And um, I have to say, I'm going to start at verse 5 if you have your Bibles or if you follow along on your phone. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. And I tell you, Enoch is someone in the Bible who I quite envy. Who, who wouldn't love just to be? I just translate me, Lord. Don't you have those moments where, like, God, just take me up to heaven right now? Like, I don't, I don't you know, I, I'm just ready to go. Like, it's time. And so, what an awesome um, story that, that Enoch has. But it says this by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And I have this Bible. I brought this Bible up here um, tonight. It's so old. I've had this Bible since college. I was saved when I was 21 years old. And this was the Bible that I bought when I was first saved at 21 years old and, uh, and I've held on to it. And so I can't remember what service I was in or what year it was or when I wrote this in my Bible. But next to that, I wrote this in my Bible. What is God's testimony of you? Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. And that's what, that's what I want to ask God, Lord, what is your testimony of me? What is your testimony of me? And that's my challenge and my question to you tonight. What is God's testimony of you? Okay, that assignment that he's assigned you to. Are you walking in it? Do you have the boldness? And tonight at the end of this service, if you just kind of felt like there's this spirit of timidity over you and you feel like you can't step out, well, we're gonna pray that off of you tonight, amen. And we're gonna believe that you can go and be bold in your workplace and make a difference, amen. 
So, um, so I love this chapter, um, but Hebrews chapter 11, it goes on. And um, if, you, if you are looking at it, it's really cool because each, it talks about different people, people that we know from the Old Testament. And each, each little sentence or little paragraph about them starts with by faith. So we already read by faith, Enoch, Enoch was not taken away. In um, verse eight, it says, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. So by faith, Abraham, he went to a land that was promised. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. Okay, so you can see each one starts with by faith. So I wanna ask tonight, I wanna ask God, what is my story? By faith, Ashley filled in the blank. And you can put your name there. By faith, you did what? What is God calling you to do? God, what is it that I'm supposed to step out? And we're talking about the title tonight, step out and speak out for him. What is he calling you to do? Step out and do what for him? So all of these situations, they took great faith, which required obedience and led to an action God was calling these men and women of faith to do. Um, if you were here last Wednesday, um, it's kind of cool because I've never spoken here before, but I, I follow my husband. So if you were here last Wednesday, he spoke last Wednesday and he did an awesome message on the anointing. And um, I already had um, most of this message put together and it was so cool because I was like, wow, what a great introduction um, to what I'm gonna talk about next week. And he said this, he said, action releases the anointing. So when we, when we step out, when, we, when, when, God, when God tells us to do something, you know, maybe he, he picks your heart to go and you know, there's um, someone that's in the office next to you or in the cubicle next to you, or maybe you're even at the gym or maybe you're in a restaurant and that discernment comes in and God says, get up out of your seat at the restaurant and go over and just tell that person God loves them or go over and tell that person God sees he sees what you're going through. Okay, whatever it is. So it definitely takes boldness. It takes obedience. But the action releases the anointing. Um, I mentioned earlier I was saved at, at 21 years old, and I knew no scriptures, nothing. I mean, I, I didn't know any, any of the word. Um, but I've, I felt that God was calling me to step out and to speak out and um, to share um, the gospel with my family. And I remember sitting... Um, in the car uh, with my mom and thinking, um, okay, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know a scripture. I don't know what to say. And I'll, I'll never forget it because when I took that verse, I opened my mouth and I started trying to explain to her, wow, I mean, the anointing just fell on me and I was saying things. And I remember afterward going, I don't even know how I knew that. It was just the anointing. So if we just take that first step of faith, God will meet us there. He will meet us there because by faith, we see in the Bible, all of these people in the Old Testament, they stepped out by faith and God met them there and, and showed them what, um, what they were to do. So um, even if it sounds foolish, and I wanna share, this is kind of the big part um, of my testimony that I wanted to share with you tonight. Um, back in February, at the end of February, I was at, the, we had just kind of started these Revival Wednesday services and I was here and I hadn't bought a re Revival shirt. And um, I know some of you have them on tonight and I love my Revival shirt, they're so comfortable. <laughs> so if you didn't get one, they're, they're, I'm sorry, you didn't go, I think they're sold out, but they're so comfortable. But um, I hadn't bought one yet. So it was a Wednesday night and God said, I want you to go out um, to the foyer tonight and buy a Revival shirt. And then tomorrow, I want you to wear it because on Thursday mornings, we have chapel at our school every Thursday morning. But our school, it is a Christian school, but to attend our school, you don't have to be a Christian. Um, it is uh, an evangelistic school. And when it was started, um, that was the vision, was we don't want everyone to have to be Christians because we have chapel every week, we have Bible class, and we want to reach the community. It was, it's a community school. And so if you come to our school, you sign that you're in Bible class, you're not going to argue, you're not going to debate um, in, in class, but you don't have to be a Christian. You just have to listen and, and learn um, the Bible. And so in our chapel services, um, I 
I would say people will stand at worship, but you may look around and see, I don't know, two people raise their hands, you know, a couple people kind of engaging in worship. And um, as a dean, my job is to go around and wake people up. Okay, so, <laughs> so you're kind of getting a vision of what our chapel service is like. So I'm kind of watching and, you know, if I see someone's head down or they're slumping down, you know, in their chair, then I have to go and say, sweetie, sweetie, sit up, pay attention, you know. So kind of that's how our chapel services were. So as far as this environment, I mean, you'll get this, what I'm about to say, what God told me to do. But um, for that, it was very awkward. And then also, um, Chris told you I'm the dean of women. So I'm the dean of women. So I'm over six through 12th grade girls. Um, I discipline them. And so I try to be very professional in the way that I dress. You know, I usually, because uh, I'm part of administration, so I dress professionally. Well, God told me, go and buy a revival shirt. I want you to wear it to chapel tomorrow. And at the end of service, and I'm not over a chapel. Okay, there's a chapel director. It's not me. And so I had never done this before. He said, I want you to get up at the end of service and I want you to look at those students and I want you to tell them revival is coming for you. And I'm like, okay, God, that's gonna really sound crazy. But I did it. So I did, I went ahead and bought a shirt. And at the end of the service, um, I get up there and, um, you know, I, I, it was funny, it was crickets. You know, I'm like, revival's coming for you. And uh, they just kind of look at me like, Okay, Ms. Brooks, you know, you're, you're, you're crazy. And so that, that was it, that was Thursday. Well, then that night I get home and God says, okay, that was good. Now I want you to wear that revival shirt every Thursday until I tell you to stop wearing it. And I'm like, oh, great. This just got really weird. <laughs> like that, like people will notice this, God. Don't you know that they're gonna notice that I wear the revival shirt um, every Thursday? And I'm supposed to dress professionally. Like really, I mean, I probably should ask my boss, are you okay with me looking this casual? Cause you know, they're kind of like a sweatshirt. And, uh, but I did it. And so in fact, on the way to school that morning, I was praying and the Lord told me, go and tell, because we have students who are over our chapel, the chapel leadership um, team of students. So he said, go and tell the students this word. Uh, he kind of gave me a word for them and they meet before school, um, chapel's second period. So first period, the students kind of get the chapel ready. And so I, I walked up and, um, and so I asked the pastor, I said, hey, Pastor Nathan, I feel like God has a word for me to share with your leadership team. Can I do that? And he went, sure, let me gather them up. And then he leaned over and he went, hey, do you know you wore that shirt last week? <laughs> and I was like, yes, as a matter of fact, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm here um, to talk to the chapel leadership team is because he told me to keep wearing this. You know, I, I told the group last week, revival's coming from them. And he um, told me to keep wearing this shirt every week. And so, um, so I wanna share with your team. Well, I shared that with them and I said, listen, you all are the leaders uh, spiritually of this school. And I need you to join with me because I believe that revival, it's broken out at my church, but this is for the church universal. This is not just for our church. This is for everyone. And I need you to join with me and begin to believe that this revival is gonna take place. And so I shared that with them. And then, so then by the third week, um, the students are coming up to me and saying, we want those shirts. You know, the third week, they're like, can we get those shirts? So our awesome pastor, can we put our hands together for Pastor Stovall? Is he amazing? He donated 21 shirts because there's 21 students um, on the chapel leadership team. And so he donated 21 shirts to the chapel leadership team. And so then now it's not just me. Okay, but it's everyone, all these 21 students wearing the revival shirts. Well, by the end of the year, by the end of spring, students, students, faculty, everyone wanted to buy it. So I actually came and got, we had, they were in these little um, 
wooden, you know, like baskets out in the foyer. They were selling them out there. So I came and got three of those things and I got permission to go and sell them um, for our church at the school for other people who wanted to purchase them. And so these revival shirts and students are still wearing them this year. Well, that was last year and it was awesome. And, um, you know, we saw absolutely some move of God. We had Marie Hodges come and preach over our school one Thursday morning and it was amazing. And she came from flowing off a Wednesday night. So you know how she is, man. She showed up with a prophetic word and she'd said, okay, this is what we're doing. You're gonna line up. And we had students lined up from one side of the sanctuary to the other. And I got, I got with her and a couple of the other um, leaders at the school and we laid hands and prayed on those, prayed for those students at the end of service. But let me tell you this year, okay, in a second, I'm gonna show you a clip. What's so amazing. So last year, it was more of the leaders leading and you know, some of the students wearing the shirts. But this year, it's like the boldness and the mobilization and the students stepping out and speaking out and getting words. And so I have a, um, a clip of, this was two Thursdays ago and I spoke um, that morning at the faculty devotion. And uh, it's, so all the faculty, we kind of, take turns going through and speaking on a Thursday morning to each other um, before school starts at like 7.25 in the morning. And so I had spoken that morning and I did a little snippet of, um, of this message tonight to them. And I was talking about uh, declaring God's word, that we declare God's word over each other. And I did the whole thing about, you know, ministries and the interruptions because as teachers, you know, they're so busy and you need to, if you see a student hurting, speak over them, you know, stop, be interrupted, declare over them. And so I had just shared that. And so um, at, that was in the morning on Thursday at chapel. This was the end of our service. And I'm gonna um, show you what happened. Yes, my man, come on up. Give it up. Yeah. All right, so there's something I've been wanting to say for since last night. And if you wouldn't mind playing the bridge where it's like, peace be still. Um, when you're singing, it's not just words. It is a proclamation. It's not like, it's not just words. You are declaring peace be still. You are not just saying like, oh, peace be still. Like when you say these words, they mean something. Do not think they don't. Whenever you have like problems and troubles, when you say peace be still, God will answer. I'm telling you. As we go into this next song, I want all your hands raised, every single one. Go ahead and raise them up right now, right now, right now. Peace be still over this place. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and if you could see um, the whole service, the, this, the altar is completely full of students. Every hand in that place was raised. And it's so funny, I, um, I always tell everyone at school, because ever since this happened too, the Holy Spirit, when I show up at those chapels, is so strong. I mean, like I said, if I was a Native American, my name would be the one who cries a lot, because all I do is cry. I mean, that would be my name. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, the Holy Spirit hits me and I just am like weeping. And so when this happened, oh my goodness. And that morning I had spoken like that exact same thing to our, to our faculty. You just know it's the Holy Spirit. And those kind of things happen, those divine moments, those divine coincidences, so to speak. And so all the, like a bunch of these teachers just come up to me and they're like, can you believe you just said that? Like, you just said that. I'm like, I know. And I'm just crying, you know, and they're looking at me over there crying. So, uh, so declaring. And so the second part of my message, we're talking about speaking out, having boldness. The other thing you need to know about this student, um, six weeks before he did that, Six weeks before he did that, the, um, he's a senior at our school and they have every year a um, senior retreat where they go away um, to Epworth by the sea and they have a retreat for three days. And the first night of that, it's you know, usually you kind of build up on a retreat and the last night God kind of moves at the altar. But the first night, I mean, the altars were full. Every single, single senior went down there. And this kid here, he shared a testimony. He got up um, at that retreat and he said, um, when I was in middle school, he hasn't been at our school the whole time because it's K through 12. But he said, when I was in middle school, 
I was so bullied at my school. He's from um, Ocala. And he said that, that if I didn't come to Providence, I wouldn't be here today. Like my life was so rough. I, I, I felt so bad about myself that if I didn't come here and get away from that environment, I wouldn't be here. And so then he lovingly calls himself, I'm just a country boy from Ocala. That's what he calls himself. But this country boy from Ocala, wow. Having the boldness, having the, the, the faith and the obedience to step out, what a difference he made. So I wanna talk about just the last part of my message about three ways we speak out. So we step out of faith. God's calling us to do that. He's stirring us, stirring up the gifts in you tonight so that you can step out in faith. And then the second thing is three ways we speak out in faith. So I wanna look now um, in Matthew, whoops, sorry, I turned too soon. Um, Matthew chapter nine, and we're gonna start at verse 18. And this is um, just examples of when um, people um, in the Bible, whoops, sorry, lost my place here. Um, people in the Bible who stepped out and, and who spoke out, spoke out to Jesus um, as he's ministering. And so we'll start at 918. Let's see where is it? Sorry, okay. So, um, while Jesus spoke things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshiped him saying, my daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him and so did his disciples. And then suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. And she said to herself, if only I might, I might touch his garment, I shall be well. And then if we go down to verse 27, it says, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him crying out and saying, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Okay, so three ways. Sometimes the situation warrants a declaration. Okay, and the definition of a declaration is a formal announcement of the beginning of a state or a condition. So we declare, okay, I've been in this situation. God, this is my situation. We see this, um, this young ruler, his daughter, he knows his daughter has already passed away. But he says, Jesus, if you come lay your hands on her, she will live. She will live. And when I was um, praying about this and, and going over my message tonight, I feel like some of you at the end of this service, that's a prophetic word for you, that you need to come down and you need to declare to Jesus and say, if you lay my hands on me, I will live. And it's not like, obviously, like, um, like you feel as if you're dying. This is more like, choose you this day, life or death. Okay, that verse, blessing or cursing. It's more like that, that you feel like there's like a curse, kind of like a black cloud that you've been living over that and you've, you've received that. You've allowed the enemy to come and tell you, well, nothing's really gonna go right in my life. I might as well just lay down right now. But listen, again, there's a stirring tonight. There's a stirring tonight. And if that's you, if you feel that way, you need to come down and say, God, lay your hands on me right now. Touch me right now with your spirit and I will live. I will walk in life. I will walk in over, I will overcome tonight. Okay, so that's gonna be for you, some of you. All right, so come to the altar and lay hands on me. That's what we need to do. Um, okay, and then number two, the second thing is sometimes we need to sp speak out in faith over ourselves. I love that. The lady with the issue of blood, it says that she said to herself, she said to herself. So, you know, you don't have to come to an altar. You don't have to be in this environment to declare things over yourself. Um, I had the opportunity this summer uh, to go to Africa. We went and visited our uh, Zimbabwe church and um, probably 
My favorite thing that we did, we got to go into homes and bring food to widows. Oh, hold on just a second. Let me take a sip of this. <coughs> and there was this precious woman. We went to her house. I found out later she was in her 90s. She was like 92. And she was the oldest woman um, that goes to Celebration Church, Zimbabwe. And when we walk up, um, she's sitting in front of her house, just literally in the dirt, barefooted. And there are like some roosters and chickens walking around and she's just sitting there barefooted. And um, the women that were taking us around, they, they started talking and she didn't speak English. So there had to be um, a translator. And so she started talking to them and she had this big smile on her face. And they said to me, she has more joy than anyone I know. And wow, I mean, just here she is sitting in the dirt, full of joy, full of joy for the Lord. And so I said, listen, how can I pray for you? And she said, well, my legs have been hurting. So can you pray for me, you know, for that? And then also protection was a big thing. Um, There's a lot of witchcraft over there. Um, There are actually prophets um, over in Zimbabwe and it was really creepy. You would be driving down the road and you would look out into this field and you would see all of these men and they wore um, white robes and they're kind of um, marching back and forth and, you know, like bending and you you can tell they're like chanting and, um, and it's a cult that's over there in Zimbabwe. And there are also these prophets who you can go to them, but you have to pay them. So they will tell you your future and they will prophesy and give you a prophecy, but you have to pay them to get a prophecy. And so there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of, you know, just demonic spiritual warfare going on over there. So every single woman that I went to pray for asked for protection. That was a big thing. But what what happened is when I went to pray for her, the Lord told me, he said, tell her that she can prophesy over herself. She can prophesy over herself and there's power in that. You can take authority. I'm talking tonight about my own life personally that I kind of lived in the defense. When something would happen, just kind of, you know, I would rise up then. But living in the offense, okay, you take authority and you don't have to wait for a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, take authority. Well, what was really cool is then we um, spoke, I got to speak at Shine. We had um, Shine Zimbabwe there and um, Pastor Stovall came up at the end of the service, and, um, and uh, it was really cool after one of the sessions, and he said, look, these prophets that you see, you're going to pay these prophets. He goes, you prophesy over yourself. <laughs> you know, and of course, it was way more powerful when he said it, but I thought that was so cool because that was a word that God had given me, and I haven't had the opportunity to share it here with all of you, but you have the power to prophesy over yourself. Amen, amen. Okay, so, um, oh, 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 and this too. Okay, this too. Um, uh, gosh, I, I think it was the same night that um, Brian spoke about alignment, assignment attack. Um, some of you tonight, if you, here's, here's a prophecy for you, something that you can speak over yourself. Um, when he was preaching, he was talking about people who are bound by depression. And I felt compelled to look up, you know, what is, what is depression? What, what, what really is it? Like, how is it defined? Like, what's happening in your mind? Because I'm a big believer in taking every thought captive that when I start to feel down about myself or when I start to feel defeated or I start to feel like I'm not equipped to do something that God's called me to do, then I can I take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ and then I will replace it with his word that says I can do all things and I start you know, replacing it. So I'm real big on that. So I kind of looked and, um, and this is what depression is. It says depression is um, a cognitive distortion. So it's, it's like your reality is distorted. It's like your reality is crooked. And so if you, if you struggle with that, if you struggle with depression, then the verse that God gave me was this, that he will make the crooked places straight. And I believe that's something that, amen, put your hands together. And there's power in that. Listen, the word is our sword. When we speak his word, it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it cuts through any principalities that have hold of us. And so if that's you tonight, when you start to feel that, to proclaim it over yourself, prophesy over yourself and say, God, you 
your word says that you are making the crooked places straight. So this distorted thinking, this, this perception, this reality that I have is not real in Jesus' name. And Satan, you have no legal right over my life. And so right now I proclaim that whatever is crooked, whatever this crooked thinking is, Lord, you're gonna make it straight. So I wanted to share that with you tonight, that you can prophesy that over yourself. Okay, and then um, the last thing, um, the last thing, the, number three, is that we can come into agreement with one another. We can come into agreement with one another. Um, oh, and I needed to say this too, sorry. Also, watch what you speak over yourself. Okay, if we can speak a blessing over someone, we can speak a blessing and we can prophesy over ourselves, we can also curse ourselves, right? We can curse others. So we need to watch what we speak. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What we speak has consequences, positive or negative. So what we declare will bear fruit. It will bear fruit. It's gonna be positive or negative. So I've been so careful um, lately, you know, and there, there may even be a reality, you know, about things going on. Like, well, this is a truth. Like, this really is something negative <laughs> that's happening or this really is something that, um, you know, I, I struggle with this. Like, this is something I struggle with. But speaking, prophesying, speaking what God can do, what God can accomplish, what God can overcome, there's power in that and it bears fruit. So we wanna be very careful that we're not speaking negative over other people and over ourselves really important. Okay, and then lastly, this is my last point, is about coming into agreement. Coming into agreement. And so the last thing that we see in verse nine, what I read was um, the two blind men came and uh, he said, do you believe? And they said, yes. And so coming into agreement. And so when we come to the altar, there's power in that. Never hesitate. The word says, if um, two of you agree to touching anything, it will be done by my Father in heaven. So when we're in agreement with others, we can bring heaven to earth. Jesus sent out his disciples. If you, um, if you get Pastor Stovall's uh, encouraging words for the week, it was crazy. So this was one of his, his words and I was already gonna talk about that, but he talked about the power of agreement. And you know, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out two by two to go out so that the two of them could agree. And, um, and he shared this, what maybe would take six months, you know, if you're praying alone, what maybe would take six months for the breakthrough, for you to overcome. When you come in agreement with someone, it might take six days. So, we, so don't hesitate tonight. When we have the end of this service and there's an altar call, come forward and, uh, and, um, and come in agreement with someone because it multiplies the time. Um, another thing uh, that, that I've done in my life that has really seemed to bear fruit is speaking um, this acronym. You think of this acronym, BOB, B-O-B, BOB. Um, and it stands for blessings, opportunities and breakthroughs. Blessings, opportunities, and breakthroughs. And um, since my children were little, um, I taught them this to pray it over themselves, to prophesy that over yourselves, that, you, that God is blessing you. There's blessings, there's opportunities, there are doors that he's opening up for you. And then if there are breakthroughs that you need in certain areas, that he is gonna bring the breakthrough. So that's, that's something else. Blessings, opportunities, and breakthroughs that you can pray over yourself. All right, so if the band um, can come on up and we're gonna uh, go ahead and pray. So what I wanna do tonight, um, oh, I love this too. When, the Wednesday night that we had the testimonies, the two men just came up and testified. And then um, Pastor Stovall had them pray for the people at the altar based on what their testimony was. We overcome Satan by the word of our testimony. And so I've just shared a lot of things. <laughs> and like I said, it's not really a message. It was more of just my testimony and just some things that God's been showing me, some things that have been burning on my heart. So I'm so thankful that I got to come up here and share with you. Um, but I just wanna declare tonight, listen, we're not gonna be comfortable. We're not gonna be complacent. 
Okay, He's calling us to step out, to speak out, and to have the boldness to do that. And the gifts that are in you, listen, we all have gifts. Is Heather um, Watson here? Is she here tonight? No, okay. <laughs> um, she's been coming to Wednesday night, she's here tonight. But let me tell you, that girl, her spiritual gift is hugging. If you've ever been hugged by her, you know what I'm talking about. She has the most amazing hug. I mean, that girl's hug can bring healing. I'm just telling you right now. And I always told her that your spiritual gift is hugging. You know, some of you, it doesn't have to be some big, you know, speaking, playing the piano, singing. Um, Chris and I, we've been together since we were uh, 17. We started dating in high school. And um, so he, we went through college together and then uh, he went to one year of law school. And when he was in law school, he felt like God was calling him into the ministry. And at that time we were kind of hoping to get engaged because we graduated college. And so he came to me and he said, I wanna ask you to marry me, um, but I also need to tell you that I'm called into the ministry. And so you will be a pastor's wife. Okay, well, like I said, I'd only been saying what, five years at the time. Okay, I, and in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't sing and I don't play the piano. So how can I be a pastor's wife, you know? And I remember God, and I was like, literally, like that's where I was. Like I literally like prayed and I told God, I don't think I can be a pastor's wife. Like I don't, I don't have the skill set. Like I can't, I can't do those things. And, um, and I remember sitting by my bed, we, um, I rented this little house and um, I would go and sit by my bed and have my Bible and have my quiet time. And I remember he said to me, well, you maybe can't do those things, but you can pray. You can pray. And so let me tell you something, there's nothing more powerful Okay, then praying. And so if, 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 you're, if you're a prayer warrior, if you like to pray, maybe even you don't know how to pray. Well, I wanna encourage you tonight. Maybe come down here. Maybe you don't know what your spiritual gifts are. And maybe come down and ask God, Lord, what, what is my gift? What is it? Words of encouragement. Maybe it's words of encouragement. Um, my daughter, one day I was um, praying, I was doing dishes and I already shared with you my life. And unfortunately, I don't know, um, I'm not a real high energy person. <laughs> like I wish I had more energy. I mean, there's something about me. I guess I get up really early at six in the morning. And then by the end of the day, I just feel really depleted. Like my energy is just like drained. And so um, I remember I cooked dinner and then I was doing the dishes. And uh, I remember standing there going, Lord, I can't do this. Like, I'm just exhausted. Like, this house is just gonna have to stay messy tonight. Like, I'm just so tired. I can't, I can't do all that, that you're calling me to do. You know, being a mom and being a mother and, and working and all the things you're calling me to do. And then in a minute, my daughter, who at the time, she was probably about eight. I see her come out of her room and down the hall and she has this really weird look on her face. And I'm like, what, Maggie? Why are you looking at me like that? And she said, I think God just told me to tell you something. Okay, eight-year-old. And I'm like, what? And she said, he told me to tell you that you can do this, that he's with you. And so it was so cool to see that. And so ever since then, I've, I always tell her, listen, she's 15, she's a sophomore in high school. Okay, maybe it's not the coolest thing, you know, to go up to someone when God gives you a word of knowledge. But I tell her and I keep encouraging her, do that. And I'm so proud of her because there have been days when she's come home and she's told me like, even like a big basketball player, you know, these athletes at the school, like God would tell her to say something and she'll go tell them. And you know, maybe they didn't receive it right then. Maybe it's not cool, but let me tell you what, his word does not return void. And when you plant that seed, amen, there's gonna be a moment, maybe in the middle of the night, where that kid is struggling. He's struggling with depression, anxiety shows up, stress shows up, he gets in a fight with his mom or dad, and those words are gonna ring true. He's gonna remember that. So stepping out, amen. Okay, well, let's go ahead and um, and why don't why don't we stand? Everybody will stand. Father, we just thank you tonight. God, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you more than we can even say in words for the revival, God, just that you've revived us in this place. God, we thank you for our pastors. We thank you for their obedience, God, to what you're doing, Father. That Lord, that they're in tune with your Holy Spirit and to what the Spirit is saying to them.
And so, Father, we just um, thank You tonight, God, that You're stirring us, that You're equipping us, Father, that You're giving us boldness to step out and make a difference, God, to be mobilized in this city. And Father, at first it was just getting people to step out of their seats and come forward. And Pastor Stovall was like, no one's, no one's gonna bow their heads, but we're gonna look around and we're gonna step out. And that was the first step. But now God, you're calling us to go into the city, to go into our workplace, to go into our schools and God, to make a difference for you. And so Lord, I just thank you for that tonight. I thank you for stirring us. Thank you, Father. God, we're just obedient to your spirit tonight. So I just wanna go ahead and um, at this time, if, if you feel like either you don't know what your spiritual gift is or you want God, you just know that you are kind of like me. And like I said, I'm authentic and we're family in here. So there's no embarrassment, but you kind of feel like, yeah, like maybe there's been some timidity of not doing it. Or maybe you were just like me and you're just kind of comfortable and coasting and, and God hasn't yet got you out of your comfort zone to go out and fulfill an assignment and be mobilized. So if that's you, Okay, we're gonna go ahead and have an altar call and you can come forward. So how many of you would say that's me? Anybody? Okay, I see your hand, amen. All right, well, if y'all wanna come forward, we're gonna have first have first altar call for that. <laughs> amen. All right, and let's just go ahead, if that was you, that you feel like you need God to come, you're in a place where you need God to come and lay your hand, His hands on you because you just feel like you just need life. God, I just need you to breathe on me. And I asked them actually to play that new wine song because there was about two weeks where I would just listen to it over and over and over again because I, I don't want to be the same. I wanna lay down my old way and I wanna have a new fire. And so if that's you tonight, you need that new fire, you need that life, you need to know that He's with you, that He needs to lay His hand on you, then come down here and we'll give you a second. Let's put our hands together for these people coming. Amen, amen. Awesome. Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Father, I just thank You so much for these who have come. Father, we thank You, God that Lord, that they can prophesy over themselves. Father, we thank you, God, that right now that you are gonna show them, Father, what that spiritual gift is, Father. You're gonna stir them, God, Lord. They're, they're down here today declaring, God, that they're, they're, not, they're not happy, God. They're, they're, not, they're not gonna be pleased with just staying where they are, but they wanna step out in faith, God, and make a difference in this community. Lord, I just thank you for them. And God, I just thank you for those who just need the life of God, the breath of God, the Spirit of God just poured into them. Father, I just thank you that right now, God, your presence is here. So let's go ahead and if, if y'all just wanna start a song and we're just gonna continue to believe that his Spirit's gonna fall, amen.